1: Thank you for
2: listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Ryan McCarthy,
3: watching in upstate New York, says, Why does Saskatchewan have the best town names? Paradise Hill, Moose Jaw. Well, he says Flin Flon, and that's actually Manitoba. And frankly, I'm partial to Medicine Hat. How about that? I also learn something every day. We learned today that Flin Flon, Manitoba, stands for Flint to Betty Floniton, a fictional character from a 1905 novel.
2: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
3: Hi, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to your favorite daytime sports talk show. It's the RP Show. Coming to you on Game Plus Television, live streaming on YouTube as well. Welcome to uh, a rainy day here in South Florida. Gorgeous day up in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. That's where the Moose joins us from. The uh, affable co-host and uh, president of DuPont Media. How you doing, Moose? What do you know today?
4: It's, uh, yeah, a bit of a winter wonderland. We got a little snow on the ground today. It's actually, it's a little crisp, but uh, it's, it's overall, it's pretty good. Awesome, man. You know, I came out here onto the set
3: because uh, I set the gear up like an hour ago, and there was rain like three feet in on a little bit of my gear. I'm like, no! Oh, no. But, hey, we're rolling. We're rolling, and we're ready to have some fun over the next two hours. And uh, coming up on the program today, Well, what should I call him? One half, formerly of Tim and Sid. Sid Sixero is going to be joining us from Breakfast Television, Toronto. A lot of things to get through with our friend Sidney. That's in hour one. And in hour two, Andy McNamara, literally a jack of all trades, uh, Sportsnet fantasy expert, host of the Browns podcast, former voice of the Ticats. A couple of uh, ambidextrous guests coming up on the program today. But more than anything... Two hours of Moose and I and the viewers. That's what we do here every day with some photographic evidence, too, by the way, that I'm looking forward to. Could we get, are you ready to go with the Quick Six Show uh, topics? Yeah, I'll take that as a yes. Uh, Listen, there's breaking news today that I'm not going to get to here. It's like 0.4. In the quick six and it has to do with the national football League and a little to do with the nhl but we're going to open up with tuesday night's one timers from the nhl okay and clark have those photos ready it's it's not for this but i'm just going to go in order that they had it from the canadian press cam atkinson had three goals and a helper to lead the philadelphia flyers to a 6-1 victory over the new jersey devils tuesday night in boston max patch already scored twice to lead vegas over covid depleted boston 4-1 robin lehner made 23 saves for the golden knights who Don't look now, but have won for the fifth time in six games. Uh, Down here in Sunrise, Florida. Don't, don't, don't. Oof. Josh Norris scored two goals. Anton Forsberg made 33 saves, and the Ottawa Senators upset the Florida Panthers 8-2. I was there. Nick Brown scored two late power play goals. Drake Batherson had a goal and two assists. Tim Stutzla, Dylan Gambrill, and Austin Watson also scored for Ottawa. And for the Panthers, it was just their second loss at home all year. Sam Reinhardt and Hoobie Doobie doo Jonathan Huberdeau scored. But if you want to know why they lost, the proof's in the pudding here. Florida goaltender Spencer Knight gave up a career-worst eight goals on 38 shots. So uh, there you go. But we had some fun before the game. Clark's got some photo evidence, as I said. I'm not sure which order he's going to throw them up here. But this was um, me. That was between the benches. Moose, you you've went in Rome. You dress for the occasion, right? That's right? So that's me right in front of the Ottawa Senators bench, right between theirs and the Panthers. And there's a funny story about that. Uh, I took that shot of Brady Kachuk. And listen, Ottawa's struggling record-wise, but they're not going to be struggling for long. I could not believe how young... The Ottawa team is, and there's the recently named captain, and you just cannot take your eyes off this guy. It's one thing to watch them on television. It's another to watch them live. He is worth every penny of his $8 million annual average value contract. And is that it, or did we have one? Yeah, I stuck, I stuck around for the opening face-off to take that shot. Brady was lined up on the left wing. But, Moose, should I tell the story about the suicide box? Should I tell that one? Yeah, absolutely. It just We're getting so many questions about rod what's the deal in florida and with the panthers and i can't i've said it so many times i'm getting tired of saying it but the panthers have just been unbelievable and in terms of rolling out the red carpet so that's the second yeah. game that i went down there into the suicide box and i was going to stay for a while but a guy came down and he was an older guy he had the uh, dyed bra- uh, brown hair he had chains on and he's, he comes into the suicide box and he's like, are you with the Panthers? And I said, no, media. I'm just staying until the first whistle. And then I'll go, are you the team doctor or something? Because he looked like that kind of guy. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. Looked like Flash he had some peak, money. Not really expecting yeah, to work yes. tonight. But if he
4: had to get called in, he would.
3: Bingo. <laughs> bingo. And he's like, no, these are just my seats. He might as well have just said, I am rich. You know, exactly. but he goes, uh, he goes, I got another guy. I got another guy coming now to join me here right away. And I said, Hey, listen, man, I'm just getting some photos that I'm gonna take off out of here. But the funny thing is, God love the God's team, the Regina Pats, but they wouldn't even allow you to go into the suicide box at a Pats <laughs> game. And here's the Florida Panthers saying, Rod, you Bob's well, your uncle.
4: You'd be nice it, to be uncle. And and they'll be nice back to you. You treat people well. You build relationships. But that's funny because the rush did that. Hey, the Saskatchewan rush. I remember our buddy uh, Phil Gross got to sit for part of a game on the rush bench. Anything to get the fans involved and upsell. So they're putting these people in Florida, apparently right between the benches. That's pretty cool.
3: (laughs) Well, I I didn't even have the um, gumption to ask him what he paid. Yeah, But it's, uh, yeah, just you go in there, dress up, treat them with respect. And yeah, like you say, you'll get treated with the same. So it was it was a lot of fun. But again, 8-2 Ottawa. We'll come back around on that a little later. Um, other games, Matthew Joseph scored with 135 left in overtime to give Tampa Bay a 3-2 win over Los Angeles. Look out for those lightning. Evan Rodriguez scored his ninth goal of the season, added two helpers, and Pittsburgh beat reeling Montreal 5-2. Alex Nadeljevic made 33 saves, and the Detroit Red Wings ended a three-game skid. They beat the Islanders 2-1. Rasmus Dallin scored twice, and Buffalo snapped a seven-game winless streak with a 4-2 victory in Winnipeg. And I just saw a very cute comment on Twitter from a Jets fan who said, if Winnipeggers weren't so cheap, there'd be more jerseys thrown onto the ice here tonight. <laughs> so we're going to come back around on that too. Um, Justin Falk, Ryan O'Reilly, and Vladimir Tarasenko scored in the third period. St. Louis snapped Dallas's eight-game home winning streak, 4-1 in Texas. The game that you watched real closely, Austin Matthews had two goals, and Toronto won its second straight, beating struggling Edmonton 5-1. Wayne Simmons, T.J. Brody, and Morgan Riley also scored for the Leafs. Jack Campbell made 35 saves. Colton Sevier scored the lone oiler goal. The losers have six straight, including all five on their current homestand, and Miko Kostanin. Made 20 saves in the loss. I'm getting to the end of it here. Valerie Nichushkin had two goals. Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen also scored in Colorado. Beat the Rangers 4-2. Ryan Donato broke a scoreless tie early in the third period of his return to San Jose. And Seattle snapped a three-game slide, beating the Sharks 3-1. And Bo Horvat scored twice. And Vancouver rallied from three goals down to beat Columbus 4-3. It's the Canucks' fifth straight win. Come on since Bruce Boudreaux took over as coach. So we can talk about all those games and bring in the viewer comments if you wish.
4: Hey podcast listeners, sorry to interrupt your podcast. It's Moose here, wanting to tell you about another podcast, The Knuckleheads Podcast. Our friends over there, they bring on some of the best NBA players past and present to have totally unguarded conversations about sports culture ba- and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's called The Knuckleheads Podcast. It's their 7th season doing the podcast, and already this season, they've had Kevin Durant, Jason Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan, the former Toronto Raptor. Yes, NBA veterans Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. So listen in to the Knuckleheads podcast as they invite on special guests, high-profiled athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold, untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. It is the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Obviously... My breakdown of the Panthers-Senators game is is on Twitter. The the Panthers, you can't fall down by a bunch of goals and just think in the third period, we're just going to turn it on and come back. That doesn't happen forever. I don't know if if for sure that's what happened last night, but it was their worst game of the season. The Oiler game, I'm interested in your analysis, but I guess an Oiler fan threw a jersey on the ice last night there, which has been happening in Toronto for years. And our poll question today for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center, came from my little cranium here. It is, would you throw your team's jersey onto the ice? I haven't seen, I just put it up just before we went to air, so I have no idea what the results are right now. But I can tell you, for me, it's an emphatic no. And that's why I put three exclamation marks behind that option in the tweet, Moose, because, listen, here's a little hashtag dad advice, okay? If we can get the Moose there. Hashtag dad advice from Jim Peterson, my dad who said, cheer as loud as you want for your own team. Don't ever boo the other team. Don't ever boo the other team. And to boo your own team? Unthinkable. And the world of James William Peterson. So, A, I would never do it. B, with the cost of those things? Are you kidding me? An emphatic no for me. But maybe you're different. Maybe the viewers are different. What, what What's never. your answer to that poll?
4: Never, 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 never. I would never do it. Not throw my jersey on the ice. I mean, I would maybe... I, I wouldn't wear the paper bag on my head either. But these, at least that's funny. Um, but look, I get it, Oilers fans, especially in that building, because they're so passionate, but so are Leafs fans. And there's so many of them across Western Canada that it's like 50-50 when you have these games, when, when Toronto or Montreal do their little Western Canadian tour, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver. And they're loud. They were loud last night, too. And you hate losing to Toronto. And the Leafs, I think, are now like 9-0-1 at Rogers Center. So it's like they go into the building and win all the time. And so Oilers fans are just like, come on. We hate losing to Toronto. And we're doing it again. And now they've lost a few in a row here. And they've given up. But their team's in a playoff spot. Their team's still in a playoff spot. And they're still very good. I wouldn't be throwing my jersey at all in Edmonton.
3: I just snuck a quick peek and on YouTube, the voters, 92% of voters saying no, they wouldn't throw their jersey onto the ice. Patrol man Pete in Winnipeg writes that he says, I wouldn't throw a jersey on the ice because A, jerseys are expensive and B, I don't want to get kicked out of the game. Um, hilarious story. Well, from University of Phoenix Stadium, I was there watching the Cowboys and the Cardinals, 2011, but Derek Duke Myers, and he actually just texted me the other day. There was right. the game where Jason Garrett, the Cowboys head coach, iced his own kicker. Yes. he he You remember that game? He kicked. Yes. He made it. But just before he made the field goal, Garrett's like, he calls a timeout on his own kicker. So they line up and do it again, and they miss. He misses. They go to overtime and lose. Derek rips off his Deion Sanders Cowboys and throws it. Of course, we're up on the nosebleeds because we're too cheap to get lower. And the security guard grabbed the jersey and brought it back up to Duke. Did ever tell you that? No. (laughs) I know. Not only did they not kick him out, they're like, here you go, sir. You you seem to have dropped this. It fell off. So, yeah. Wayne uh, Wayne in Victoria, BC says, Rod, your dad is a great man and fan. I've never booed any of my teams. Um, Jennifer from the Four Seasons watching, she says, would never, ever do that. Mike Horrigan watching in Toronto says the orders look like the Maple Leafs did a couple years ago. They're still quite a ways off. Oh, my God, I hope not. They were the number two team in Canada last year. No, yeah. but I might be wrong. I might be wrong. And I guess we got a few more minutes in this segment. I might be wrong in saying, well, I was definitely wrong when I said the orders are just in a swoon. That was when they'd lost three in a row. Now it's six. Yeah. But as I was coming home from the... Panthers game last night. I'm listening on the radio and they're like, coming up at nine, Oilers and Leafs. I'm like, what? I'm ready for bed. I'm not staying up to watch this. So I didn't see any of it.
4: How bad are the Oilers? Or was it even the real Oilers? They're not that bad. You know, you got to look at it a couple of ways, too. They're undermanned. I mean, McDavid is playing with Jesse poole and Warren Fogle on the top line. I mean, pooley is a good player. Folk, they're both good players, but that's supposed to be your number one unit. I mean, without Nuge, they were without Zach Hyman last night. They're extremely banged up. They didn't have their coach, Dave Tippett, was off the bench, precautionary reasons. So Glenn Gullitson and Jim Playfair were the two coaches. Now, they're very capable. They've both been head coaches in the league. I mean, Gullitson's had a couple of tours of duty. And, you know, Edmonton outplayed Toronto for most of that game. They really did. I mean, Dry Seidel missed an empty net in the opening period that would have opened the scoring. It was a great chance, and nobody knows how he missed that. He scores from there even when the goalie's in position. I mean, the net was wide open. So he missed that. That was unfortunate. And then right at the end of the period, Matthews gets the goal from Tavares on the power play, and that seemed to just be like, okay, nothing's going to work for Edmonton today, no matter how good they play. And Toronto's just more opportunistic. They finish. They don't miss on their chances. And when they went up two and then three-nothing in the second period, it was over. Edmonton's like, look, it's not happening tonight. Because Jack Campbell's playing at an elite level. He's got a sub-two goals against average. So it was just a frustrating night for the Oilers. And they continue... To not score first, they've never won when they've been, been trailing after one period all season. They've, they haven't shown an ability to come from behind. And so that's maybe the only concern that comes out of last night is, you know, once you're down, they haven't shown an ability to come back.
3: Uh, Jeff in the zone watching on YouTube says, hey, Rod and Darren, would you throw your hat onto the ice for a hat trick? Nope. Wouldn't do that either. I got $30,000 invested in this hair. I'm not wearing a hat. A- and uh, B, I'm just not doing it. As patrolman Pete said, you know, I don't want to risk getting thrown out. But when what you know, everybody loves the dad stories. The one thing about my dad, it's not like he was averse to throwing things on the ice. When I was playing, if there was, if we were getting peppered, me, of course, being a goalie, and I was <laughs> needing a blow, as they say in football, my dad would reach into his pocket and throw some change on the ice. And then bang on the, go down, bang on the glass. And go, hey, 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 there's some change on the ice. Somebody threw some change on the ice. So then they they would stop the game and I would get a breather. My dad uh, would do that. That's a
4: great coaching trick. You know, pennies. I know coaches that just toss pennies on these. Off to the plays over here, right? Toss some pennies and be like, guys, they're they're throwing. like, And then you got to get 15, 20 seconds. Or they toss a water bottle on the ice or whatever. Just to buy your team some time. But the hat thing, no, I wouldn't. I mean, (laughs) I grew up. I mean, that's that's fifteen twenty now. Some of the nicer hats are forty bucks. I mean, doesn't matter if I got money to buy a new one or not. I'm just, I am just like, it's it's money. I mean, I I yeah. like hat tricks. I like hats going on the ice for hat tricks. I really do. And I want to throw my hat, but I am just like, I don't want to spend fifteen dollars on a new hat. I am going to keep it.
3: Yeah, you are cheap. Cheap. Um, we've spent the entire segment on point one, which is fine. But just another dad story. Have you ever been knocked unconscious, Moose? Have you? Yes. Yeah, quite a feeling, right? I I had uh, a guy came through the crease and butt-ended me right here. The last thing I remember is these green and yellow gloves and boom, done. And when I came to, my dad was standing over me in the crease. He'd scaled the glass. I don't know what happened in between, but dad was like, (laughs) weird feeling getting getting knocked out. Anyways, we're going to take a timeout. And come back with points five through six. We do have some CFL stuff. Bombers. Got my bomber blue on today. The breaking news that has to do with COVID. That's why I'm kind of delaying it. But we'll, we'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network. YouTube Live and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com.
2: Head to youtube.com slash the Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
3: It's the RP Show. It's a Wednesday, and uh, this show is unfolding, quite frankly, exactly the way that I hoped it would, and that is with a lot of viewer comments, and I I knew that our poll question today would get people going, and it is, would you throw your team's jersey onto the ice? It somewhat morphed to, would you throw a hat onto the ice, too? Uh, Trent's watching in Norway And he says, Norway here, I've never thrown anything on the playing surface anywhere. I've never booed my teams either. As for the Oilers, the only thing to do is play their way out of their slump. Stay well. That's from Trent. Brian Dodge is watching the mayor of Dodge City. And I gotta tell you this, Moose, I was driving around in the Jeep. His boys are all hockey-playing boys here in South Florida. They were asking me about this far-off land thing. Thanks for uh, waving that. This far-off land where we have outdoor hockey rinks. (laughs) They're like, ooh. And they're like, you were a goalie? And I'm like, I wasn't a goalie. I am a goalie. And they said, yes. maybe, maybe, maybe you can come down and we can take shots on you. I'm like, anytime you want. I just got to get my gear. I bought it last year for a reason. But they just,
4: yeah. outdoor ice? What? Well, they only know um, this on the Disney movie, right? Remember that movie, Mystery Alaska? So, like, yeah. they don't think that exists. They think that's just a mystery, like a movie, a Disney movie. But we yeah. grew up in it.
3: Yeah, love those boys. Habs for Life's watching in Vancouver, and he says, do the Florida Panthers need to hire a coach? Tortorella, hold that thought. I want to come back on it. I want to come back on it, because I've been thinking about that very thing. But I want to get into point two, and that is our NHL top five, bottom five. I had a little help with this one, but here we go. You're going to love this one, Moose. Uh, We've got the graphic here from Nelson. Our number one team in my top five is the Toronto Maple Leafs, man. 42 points are 42 points. Sorry to say, I caution you that it is the second week of December, but the Toronto Maple Leafs are the number one team in the NHL right now. Number two, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They came out of nowhere. 40 points, a 714 winning percentage. Tampa Bay has quietly got their game going. The Carolina Hurricanes, I can't ignore them with their 39 points, and I believe it's the highest winning percentage in the NHL at 722. Number four, the Florida Panthers in a space of a week have dropped from first to fourth in my rankings and losing last night, 8-2 to Ottawa at home in their worst game of the year reflects that. And number five, well, we can't have five Eastern teams. I had to go with somebody, so I went with the Minnesota Wild who have got 39 points. They're number one in the West. Granted, they've lost two in a row. Their game was COVID postponed last night, but their winning percentage of 696 is among the top in the West. As far as the bottom five go, this took a little thinking too. But the Buffalo Sabres are 28, the fifth worst team in the NHL. They are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. So I think the Sabres are who we thought they were. Number 29, the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, they're making up for loss, games and so forth. But by what I saw last night, they'll get the edge ahead of the New York Islanders, just a little bit better. The Islanders 30th, their 396 winning percentage or losing percentage is the worst in the Metropolitan Division. And then there's really no doubt who the worst two teams in the NHL are. Montreal, the worst in the East, and the Arizona Coyotes are worst in the West. 12 points only, if you can believe, into December. 222 winning percentage, and their goal differential is an NHL worst, minus 53. There you go, our NHL top five, bottom five. We do it every Wednesday, and it was nice to be in an NHL building last night to watch two of the teams in each, (laughs) although their roles were flipped last night. So just with Andrew Burnett, he is the interim coach of the Florida Panthers, and the Panthers are very careful in every news release. every The roster says interim head coach Andrew Burnett. And until they, well, they lost in Colorado to end the road trip. They lost last night to Ottawa. Nobody was saying anything about Joel Quenville or do they need to hire a coach. This is what I think the Florida Panthers will do. I think they'll get through the year with Andrew Burnett. Are you in a rush if you're the owner of Viola, the Florida Panthers, to bring in John Tortorella or anybody else? You've got a great team. The culture is set. I just think you let Brunette go to the end of the year. That's what I would do. But what would, what would you do?
4: I wouldn't. I'd be really evaluating this. No? I, I'd let it go for a time. There, there's two kind of spots. Now, not that they have a big Christmas break in the schedule or anything, but I'd kind of go to Christmas into the new year. I'd probably let, I think Burnett, uh, Burnett's going to be coaching into, into January, so I think that's fine. You don't want to do this right before the you know Christmas. So that's your one window is, you know, Jan 1. And your second window is the Olympic break, when you have an actual break in your schedule and you can bring a coach in and, and pick up on that culture and away you go. And I think you do it because you have a good team in Florida. And the windows in, in sports are so small now you know, it's rare. Tampa winning two in a row is rare. So if you've got the pieces, you need to make sure you go all in here, which means, okay, when you get up to the deadline, you might have to make a move or two. The Panthers need to be all in. And that means you've got to make sure that your coaching staff is ready. And, you know, they've dealt with some adversity. And how has Andrew Burnett been behind the bench in terms of getting them out of a rut? Games like last night, you know, um, how they have played on the road a little bit to start. I think a coach would would help, and you got to make sure that you're all in this year. Uh,
3: Well, when you're going to make a coaching change, you got to make sure that you have a better one available. And who is it? Is it John Tortorella? Is it Mike Babcock? Who is it? And like I say, up until last week, we weren't having this conversation. That's right. And they did have these comeback victories over the Blues. I was there, and over the Capitals. I was there. So I, we don't know from watching from the outside. We don't know what's going on in the dressing room. Do you call in your leaders? Maybe you do. But that's, that's why I said when you, I think, forced Joel Quenville to resign, did you really think it out? He's the second winningest coach in NHL history for a reason. He didn't just have good teams, okay? Or anybody could coach then. So that's my thought on that. I didn't expect to go down the Panthers road, but I'm, I'm cool with the fact that we did. Earl James watching in Manitoba says, after watching the Sins so much last year, I thought they were a good team, young, fast and big, just not much of a goalie. Well, that's still kind of the case. They just released Matt Murray. Uh, Forsberg was really good last night. Anyways, moving on. A lot of hockey today. Making the hockey fans happy. I told you that I'm wearing bomber blue. This is my third point following their 33-25 win over the Hamilton Tiger Cats in Sunday's 108th Grey Cup. The back-to-back Grey Cup champion Winnipeg Blue Bombers will host a celebration at IG Field tonight beginning at 6 p.m. Central. Gates will open to fans at 5 with entry limited to Gates 1, 2, and 3. The event is free to attend, but fans will need to provide proof of immunization to enter the stadium. Limited concessions will be open and serving food and beverages. The Great Cup Championship celebration presented by Bell MTS, who proudly carries the game plus on their cable network, will be hosted by Bob Irving and feature speeches from players and dignitaries. So because the Bombers are good friends of ours and they deserve it, I thought I would pass that along. Moving on to point four, the breaking news today and good timing that we would have Andy McNamara on the host of the Browns podcast coming up in hour two. The Cleveland Browns COVID-19 outbreak has widened and worsened. Quarterback Baker Mayfield and coach Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID-19 this morning, will likely miss this weekend's game against the Vegas Raiders as Cleveland deals with a widespread outbreak during its playoff pursuit. Stefanski's positive test was first announced by the team, which then put Mayfield, starting safety John Johnson III, Nickelback Troy Hill, defensive tackle Malik McDowell, and defensive end Ifidi. Aud on the reserve COVID list. And this comes one day after the team put eight players, including Jarvis Landry, on the COVID-19 list. That's all I'm going to say there. Well, my phone's going off with notifications like crazy here. Uh, Flames outbreak worsens. This came 15 minutes ago from the score. Seven players, 10 staff going to the, from the athletic. Daryl Sutter has entered COVID-19 protocol. I don't have anything to say. I haven't figured anything out in the last 24 hours, but it sounds like you have, you at least have a, how did this all hit the NBA, NFL, NHL all at once? Do they have a big party somewhere?
4: (laughs) Possibly, you know, it starts by taking your foot off the gas a little bit in terms of, you know, your measure, your pub, you know, your safety measures and your personal habits. I mean, look, I'll be honest. Um, I've taken my foot off the gas when it comes to COVID. Now, granted i'm not being reckless we have a small staff we're all separated look at i'm in a what a huge room here i'm the only one in here you know when i come and i leave i do most of my work from home in the afternoons i'm not in the office um there's things like that but i mean at the beginning i was washing my groceries and i you know was super diligent making sure i washed my hands every time i got home and changing my clothes and so i've taken my foot off the gas a little bit maybe it's the variant but look for Stefanski This is the second time he's got COVID, you know? And he's reported to be double-vaxxed and boosted, right? He's got the booster, too. And he's got COVID for a second time, or at least he's in the protocol. But what we're not hearing, and and not saying that it's just like you and I walking around, nobody's getting sick, okay? Just because they're in the... So the vaccines are working. Even if people are catching COVID, the vaccines are working because nobody's getting sick, deathly sick, deathly ill. They're all coming back. So... We are trending to a spot where this is going to become the flu because we're all vaccinated and we're doing all those things. But right now, you're just trying to make sure it doesn't get spread to the unvaccinated and the vulnerable. And and the leagues don't want to be, you know, super spreaders. But for whatever reason, this is cold and flu season. This is when these things get transferred more frequently anyways. But uh, it is something to watch because leagues are going to start looking at what we've seen, postponing games. And what's the NFL going to do? They're going to be next right? Are they going to have to move well, games around?
3: Sure. And I was racing down I-95 last night, coming home from the Panthers game, listening to Kevin Brooks on the Panthers radio, and their panel was same thing. They're like, well, the weather's turning, and maybe that has something to do with it. And I'm like, good. I don't feel so stupid then. Nobody has any idea what's going on, and why would this would all would hit this week. I mean, I get the thing of taking your foot off the gas with COVID, but every league all you know. at once still doesn't make a, a ton of sense to me. Um, Jennifer from the four seasons is watching and she says, if the games can't be made up, what happens then I will virtually guarantee. They don't know, you know the other. You just mentioned it to uh, canceling all-star games, cramming the NHL games into the all-star, the uh, Olympic break. That two week window is probably what they're looking at, but I fully believe after everything that I heard last year with the Stanley cup playoffs, that, they didn't know where round three was going to be played if when the Canadian team advanced. Yeah. They didn't know till like a week before. So I think right now they're dealing with the outbreaks, trying to get a lid on it, get keep everybody safe, as they say, under an abundance of caution. But it's just wild to me. Yeah. Nelson Voar, content man, says the NFL had 110 cases from September to the end of November and had 78 in the last two days. Jaden watching on YouTube. Jaden watching on YouTube says, "I feel like the NHL at the Olympics is a stretch." At this point, that's one thing that we'll talk to our next guest about. Sid Sixero, who I understand is logged in, good to see you, Sydney, and we'll have him with us uh, in just a couple moments. Time point five of the Quick Six show topics is simply the CFL coaching carousel, and like I said, I'm okay with talking about that because it's something the CFL XFL talks is nothing. And it's a waste of our time and the four downs too. But Chris Jones, I guess already interviewed with the Edmonton Elks that happened. Must have been Monday, I guess, because we're sitting here Wednesday. Uh, I was told the Ottawa Redblacks have eight candidates for their co-GM role. Uh, Danny McManus is interviewing Ted Gouveia, Ryan Rigg made in. So these are all names that the football people know. I'm not sure the fans really know, but, Ah, this would be better served for a Saskatchewan show. I saw somebody ripping Chris Jones apart again, saying he ruined Rider pride. I'm like, dude, you got to get over it. It's been three years since he's been gone. Like, get over it, man. You think Chris Jones is the reason that they only had less than 20,000 for the playoff game? Come on. But people just can't get over things. So we'll talk about all that stuff later, maybe in hour two. I did have a coach write me today. He's like, you're going to be listening today. From the States. And I'm like, "Ah, gee, not a lot of CFL today. Sorry, bro. (laughs) Toronto Raptors have a few days off after their game tomorrow night against Chicago. was postponed due to numerous Bulls players being in COVID-19 health and safety protocol. Raps dropped a 131-129 decision at Brooklyn last night. They beat that spread moose. (laughs) I feel like it was 5.5.
4: They weren't celebrating.
3: Well, I wasn't. Um, as we say, when people write in here with betting advice, for me anyways, I don't know about you, do the opposite, you'll be fine. So anyways, it's taken us 40 minutes to get to the quick six show topics. Uh, good seeing you, Moose. We'll see you back here for Hour 2. What see you then. You? you bet. We'll run the gamut when we come back with Sid Sixero from Breakfast Television in Toronto. Right after this, you're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
2: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now.
3: Daytime sports talk and we are into the uh, viewer takeover early. I want your opinion on all our topics today. NHL to the Olympics, the COVID outbreaks in all leagues. Taco Time brings you viewer takeover. Canadians love local. Go local. Eat local. Taco Time uses fresh ingredients sourced in Canada. Our beef, chicken, cheddar cheese, sour cream, and Mexi fries all come from the great white north. Sid Six Twitter bio proudly proclaims breakfast television. That's all. Beside that blue check mark, and he joins us today again. Um, good to see you, Sid. As always, and uh, if you don't mind, can we start with your take on the NHL to the Olympics with the current COVID environment? Do you see them going?
2: Uh, no. Good to see you, brother. No. Yes. Um, I, uh, I think Connor McDavid's quote yesterday will be, the, the, it, if you're going to write a book on NHL, there's quests to go to Beijing. Uh, unsettling will be the title if Connor mcdavid is is the guy who's putting out the strongest language aside from like the robin leonards of the world i think it, it's a window into the soul of what the other guys are thinking and whether you talk whether you hear friedman merrick any of the insiders and in ts anybody they're kind of giving you the same feel the olympics are nice but at what cost? Like for, if, if for any and any each other that goes to the Olympics right now, you're basically doing it for the gram. Cause you're not gonna get an Olympic experience at all. Like you're doing nothing, absolutely nothing. You're literally going to show up so you can say gold or silver or bronze medal in your hockey DB page. That's it. You're not, and in a way, I I respect that more because that's the level of dedication we're talking about. But at some point, do you not want some level of real Olympic experience? And do you not want this threat of five weeks quarantine before you leave China hanging out there? Like I, you know, I I know not everyone's up on the news all the time, but any Canadian traveling to China, considering what the last three years have been like, you got to think about that. I don't care who you are. And I'm, I'm sure that's part of the equation. I think the quarantine is the big deal breaker. And also not getting paid if you miss games because of quarantine is probably a deal breaker for some of the guys. But, Rod, like I don't see it. Do you see it? Yeah, I don't see it.
3: No, no. Well, just if you're drawing up a list of pros and cons, the cons far, far, far outweigh the pros. But the funny thing is, speaking of pros, it's like, well, the NHLers aren't going, so let's send the minor leaguers. Screw those guys. They'll go. I mean, somebody's going to have to put
2: up with this. It just won't be Connor in well, the. But at boy. some point, you have to organize that, right? Right? Like at some point, yeah. You can't just ask a guy in a week to go to like our our guys our guys. You and I, if they asked them in a week, would you go to the Olympics? Yeah, no problem. I'll play for Team Canada. I'll play for Team USA. You still have to give them some level of of, of respect in terms of scheduling. You can't just throw like go to every pro league in the in Europe and say, all right, let's go. We're having a high level Spangler Cup. Who's in? Like, you just can't do that. So there's so many questions here. It's just, it's fascinating, but I don't think they're going. I don't think they're going. It is fascinating, and, uh,
3: and I don't want to spend the whole time on this, but I will just ask you this. When it came out last week from the meetings here in South Florida, Gary Bettman saying, we're going to leave it up to the players. Sid, I like to take things at face value. I'd like to believe it was just that simple. Not that they're really passing the buck, but let's leave it to the players. Do you think it was that simple? I mean, they had to have been talking about it for months. How they're and that—that's what they ended up with. Saying let's let the players decide. Is it that simple?
2: I think it is. I like. I I haven't agreed with a lot of what Gary Bettman has done in the last six months. This is the one where he's right. The players want this. They fought for this. You know, they uh, Donald Fear went to the wall to get this opportunity. Okay, you guys figure (laughs) it out. Like, how, how, how is this one on Gary? Gary and the owners from Jump Street hated this. <laughs> they fought against this. And if Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews or whoever want to back out, if I'm the league, I don't do them the service of putting my foot down and, and, and making sure they say face. No, 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 no. Hockey players who never give a good quote on anything are going to have to speak to this publicly about their country because they fought for this, so now it's on their plate. I think Bettman's well yeah. with this, right? The owners, the I, owners I didn't, didn't have a, this. Players now have to speak on it.
3: Let them speak on it. I think it's great, but I just thought, wow, first time in history that the employers are saying, let's let the employees decide. That never happens. But you're right. They did fight it tooth and nail because of the insurance thing and the injury thing and all the rest so maybe it is as simple as that what is your thought do you have and i don't know how much time you spent on this on breakfast television with these COVID outbreaks in all the major leagues and all the stars the greek freak in the nba daryl sutter going in with the flames baker mayfield today with the browns why this week why what happened
2: um omicron's here and it is a nasty little bugger it is determined Every Mm -hmm. epidemiologist who's looking at this uh, has looked at it the same way. This is this is Delta on steroids. The only good thing, Uh, actually, it's a really good thing, is that you know if you've been vaxxed up, as you guys were kind of talking about earlier, you know it's the cold and sometimes less. So that is a modern miracle of science. And if there is a silver lining here, it's this: the issue is this thing. I mean, this thing moves around. You know, like, who was the most traded guy in, in NHL trade deadline history? Give me a name. Who's the one guy who would always be dealt? Mike Sillinger. This Thank is the Mike Sillinger this of This virus, this, Mike Sillinger of viruses, 100%. You set your clock to it. It will move. <laughs> and it's moving. And the only issue is, like, you just, you know, at some point, what do you do with the games? Um yeah, I echo what you said earlier, the league, does they have no idea what to do here. The NHL clearly are, are first in the firing line here of leagues that might have to shut down a little bit. What interests me, and, and forgive me if I've missed it, is uh, the prime minister and the feds were set to reportedly make an announcement today on the border. I haven't seen anything. But what I find interesting is how Carolina went through a bunch of Canadian cities and now you see issues and if i'm a politician talking about the border that is a significant thing for me um so I, i i'm just wondering whether the exemptions that were given out to nhl teams you know towards the back end of that last season i don't know where they stand here with something that moves this quickly we're gonna find out i can tell you this if you were at rogers arena last night or Rogers Place, or if you were that idiot that threw a jersey in Edmonton, or like wherever you were last night. Hope you enjoyed it, because <laughs> the one thing I can tell you is fans aren't going to be in the stands for a while. And and again, it goes from province to province. It's not a, it's not a you know a wide uh, wide making uh, rule by the federal government. I understand that, but get ready, get ready, because I can tell you right now in Ontario, they're not. It's not going to fly. They're sends Raptors and Leafs are going to, they're going to play games, I think, but they're not going to have fans there much longer. It's, it just, it's not a Amazing. good look, especially if the rest of the province are going to be asked to, to go into some form of restriction this close to the holiday season. That I can tell you for sure. Well,
3: Sid, uh, we've reached the, the end of our time. I wish we had more positive things to, t- think, to talk about because you're a positive guy. Things good with you,
2: by the way, as we enter the holidays? Things good? Th- things are good, actually. I think, I, I think weather up here in Toronto is going to be the same as what you're getting. We're at 15 degrees tomorrow. What's your forecast?
3: How about that? 28, 28 degrees here. Uh, and uh, oddly enough, COVID doesn't down, seem to be. <laughs> Sorry. Sid, Merry Christmas, my friend. I appreciate the time. Thanks for the insights. Merry Christmas, brother. To your audience. Take care. Everyone stay safe. There you go. Sid Sixero from Breakfast Television. When we come back, a sports update with all hang breaking loose in the world today and uh, taco time viewer takeover. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP show on the game plus TV network across all 10 provinces and 31 States, including the beautiful state of Florida live streaming on YouTube and 24 hour sports radio at RodPeterson.com.
2: Have you subscribed to the rod Peterson show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the rod Peterson show. Now.
3: Rain in South Florida today, but still a beautiful day. And as we are about to climb into Talk the Time Viewer Takeover, I do want to read you a sports update. Coming out of Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Ice cannot be dethroned, leading the Kia CHL Top 10 rankings for the seventh time this morning. Just announced this morning, the Canadian Hockey League Top 10. Are you ready? Here they go. Number one, Winnipeg Ice. Number two, Edmonton Oil Kings. Number three, Kingston Frontenac. Number four, Charlottetown Islanders. Number five, the Kamloops Blazers. Number six, the Everett Silvertips. Number seven, Sherbrooke Phoenix. Number eight, North Bay Battalion. Number eight, sorry, number nine, the Quebec Rempart. Number 10, the London Knights. And honorable mentions go to the Seattle Thunderbirds, Gatineau Olympic, and Mississauga Steelheads. I got to thank God's team, the Regina Pats, are just, just on the lip of this, just on the cusp Of an honorable mention or a top 10, the Regina Pats. Speaking of the dub, Tristan Robbins scored 35 seconds into overtime as the Saskatoon Blades edged the Moose Jaw Warriors 5-4 in the dub Tuesday night. Elsewhere, Kelowna eked out a 5-4 OT win against Victoria. Portland slipped past Everett 4-3 in extra time. Prince George topped Vancouver 5-3. Seattle bested Tri-City 7-1. And PA defeated the number one team. Figure that one out. Winnipeg 4-1. Uh, Austin Matthews is closing in on most goals in the NHL. His two last night in Toronto's 5-1 win in Edmonton gives him 20 on the season, three back of Neon Leon. COVID-19 continues to dominate NHL headlines. Another 17 players went on the league's COVID protocols yesterday. Oilers head coach Dave Tippett was not behind Edmonton's bench last night as he was moved into the protocol and Vancouver defenseman Tucker Pullman was pulled from last night's game due to COVID protocols. Today is it. Ten more Flames, including head coach Daryl Sutter going into COVID protocol. The NBA's growing list of players in health and safety protocol now includes the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. The league's injury report last night listed the two-time MVP as out for the Bucs game against the Indiana Pacers tonight because he's in the health and safety protocol. The sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now. For the tap, brew house, and drive through liquor store, where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL game put on. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. From the NFL, Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback, and their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, going into COVID protocol. This is uh, one day after eight Browns players went in, including star wide receiver Jarvis Landry. I'm just talking while I bring up the text line here. Hey, Mike Lee's watching the birthday boy in Maui, Hawaii. Writes in on the 902 text line and says, Several years ago, regarding our poll question today, by the way, which is, would you ever throw a jersey onto the ice, your team's jersey? And it's morphed into, would you throw your hat on the ice? Over 90% saying no. Are you stupid? But Mydale Mike watching, he says, Several years ago, I threw a hat in Estevan. When I left the game, I found it on a table near the exit. Signed by the guy who scored the hat trick. And I got it back. Pretty cool. How about that? Oh, Last minute bad. of play. Last minute of play in hour one. Oh, Clark, I don't know if you saw the text line. We got to get this photo up maybe next hour. It's from Adam Riddioff watching on Game Plus in Hamilton, Ontario. It's a photo. He says, here I am in full playoff beard at the Grey Cup with Harold, who's a resident at the support home where I work. We got to get that photo on the air. Mark Knight watching in Burlington, Ontario. And he says, Rod, you have not been on Game Plus the last two days. How come? Talk to Game Plus. Clark did tell me that and I continue to throw in that we're on Game Plus. I, I... Clearly, I don't make those decisions. It's the programming thing. We were bummed for gaming. I can give you the email if you want to complain. I would strongly suggest that. Andy McNamara next hour in the Moose as well. Stick around.
2: For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.